Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Our handle is at AJ Inside Story. From me, Elizabeth Puranam, and the whole team here. Bye for now. The latest news as it breaks. The war going on for a hundred days has left many feeling like it will never end. With in-depth reports. Many saying there is no victory until all the captives are brought home, no matter the price, even if that means an immediate end to the war. From the heart of the story. Palestinians here say destruction caused by Israeli forces is a form of collective punishment and that Israel is attempting to turn them against the resistance. As the war with Russia rages on, an internal battle is escalating in Ukraine. There will be more PTSD. There will be flashbacks. Many civilians will find it difficult to understand. In one of the biggest mental health crises in living memory, Mindset meets the therapists helping Ukraine soldiers and their families. What is your desired outcome for the patients that come through this door? To make a person want to live. The latest news as it breaks. Retaking control of the prisons will likely help quell this immediate emergency. With detailed coverage. The war between the army and the RSF has created the largest displacement among children in the world. That makes children in Sudan more vulnerable to being recruited from around the world. The system in Russia is beginning to show some signs of fatigue. No one knows what the limit of its durability is. This is the first genocide that we see in real time. It's the victims themselves who are recording their own genocide. There's this disconnect between what we are witnessing on social media versus what we're seeing on mainstream media. It is always an attempt to frame a two-sidedism, but there is no two sides to this. The Western media does have a Western bias. Those who understand what they are looking at, they are enraged. The Listening Post covers how the news is covered. On counting the cost, more than 100 days into the war on Gaza, the humanitarian catastrophe is deepening. As the conflict continues, the cost to the Israeli economy is enormous. Plus, can Taiwan's new president bring peace and prosperity to the island? Counting the cost on Al Jazeera. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedu Lansa. Vaccines, that word is familiar, right? Obviously became quite popular in the past years and uh, very popular quite recently when COVID-19 hit us. A lot of skepticism about it. But today we're not talking about COVID-19 vaccines. We're talking about measles, about polio, about 
all the other diseases that children get vaccinated for. Why is it important for cute little babies as young as a day old to be subjected to such pain and discomfort? Well, today I'll be exploring the issue of vaccination in babies and children right here on this show. Do stay with me. I'll be back. so much for staying on the baby doctor with me Bernice Abubedulansa. Today we are talking about vaccination in children and I've got Ikia Nyama with me. She is a nurse midwife at LMS Health and uh, she will be taking us through everything vaccination the most important points you need to know. Hello Ikia, how are you? Very well, thank you. I've heard of a midwife, I've heard of a nurse I've not heard of a nurse midwife. Is there any specialty to that? Okay, so I'm a public health nurse okay. and then a midwife okay. as well. All right. Okay, those who like books. So that's a nurse midwife. If you're inspired, you can be like Ikea. Now, Ikea, vaccinations are very important um, for babies and children. But why is it so? Why must we subject cute little babies? And some of them are so, like, fragile. And then you have to prick them. And it's, honestly, a lot of women... Feel the pain on behalf of their babies. They watch their faces, they are like that. But they're not the ones taking the injection though. But why is it important for us to vaccinate children? Okay, so vaccination by way of definition is a substance introduced into the body to elicit immunity. So it is important because it goes into the future. Okay. Before the disease occurs, you are given a protection. So you don't even get a disease at all. Okay. That is why vaccinations are very, very important. There are some that are even given in pregnancy. Tetanus, diphtheria is a vaccine that is given whilst the mother is pregnant. And the mother passes some level of immunity to the baby. Okay. And so baby is born and gets to go to a certain stage that he or she takes the vaccine by him or herself. And so... Pretty much vaccinations are the best and safest if mm. we're looking at and prevention has always been the best way. But can't we wait for them to grow a little older? Strangely, as you grow, you're not able to tolerate pain as you are young. Mm. And so most of the vaccines or the pain that they get to experience or exhibit, few adults can take it. Really? Yes. Wow. That is why that's news it, to me. <laughs> yes. That's why we do circumcision in babies. We do we subject them to all those because 
at that time they're able to take in more pain than as they grow wow yes interesting okay but um some babies are left with i don't want to call them side effects i don't know how you would term them um, one common one is a fever right so you've told us that the vaccines are introduced into our bodies to help us fight something that may come up in the future but how does it work and why do they leave babies with with, with those kind of high temperatures so um, vaccines are made and there are two different forms of vaccine. We have the live attenuated where it's just the weakened form of the virus or the organism that has been used to manufacture the vaccine. And then we have the dead attenuated where it's a killed form of the organism that has been used to manufacture the vaccine. Now with the live ones, they, they offer more stronger immunity and then it, it lasts longer. Okay. Unlike the weakened ones, and if, with the weakened ones, you need quite a multiple of doses to get the desired immunity that we want. When a vaccine is introduced into your system, first of all, it starts with a needle prick. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> there are some people mm -hmm. that um, their system is such that and they, are, they can't take it yeah. once a prick goes, yes. And then with some babies... Uh, on the part of the ones doing the immunization, if you land yourself in a wrong site, okay, you can injure the child. However, when the antigen is introduced into you, it has to fight something in your system okay, to come up with a desired immunity. And so whatever reaction your body goes through to produce the immunity usually leaves them with a fever or mostly what we call the adverse uh, events following immunization. And as I said, it is expected, but with just pain medications, they are able to overcome it. And mm. Now, there's something interesting um, that I encountered. And, you know, when a child is born, there's, there's the one that is offered almost immediately. And then over the period up until the about two years, they are given different vaccines. Is it possible for a child to be exposed to a certain virus before the due, due period of taking that vaccination? So say chickenpox, for example. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that the child will contract the chickenpox before the scheduled time for taking that vaccine? Obviously. It's yes, because um, and even you can still vaccinate a child and the child will still get the disease later. Okay. Yes, that's also possible. And so that's why we have outbreaks of diseases. When we have an outbreak on our hands, babies who are not yet due, if you're, you are scheduled for nine months to take measles, rubella vaccine or yellow fever, and there's an outbreak on our hands, six months old child, when gets exposed, can suffer the disease. Mm. But then when you look at the schedule that has been laid down, that child is not due to take the vaccine. So usually when there's an outbreak like that, those children will be immunized. Okay. We won't wait because there's an outbreak on our hands. So those who are exposed, so maybe say in a certain community, if you realize that maybe there's a measles outbreak, you would want to vaccinate the children it's there? It's not just uh, those that are exposed. Usually okay. measles, um, SIAs are nationwide exercises that we do. When, okay. uh, like polio, for instance, mm. Even if we record one or two cases, we term it as an outbreak, and then it calls for like a reinforcement or mm. a booster doses 
so mm. that we can get to cover uh, quite a number of people. We call it herd immunity. We we'll mm. give a larger group a certain level of immunity. And as I said, those that have been vaccinated to can get the disease eventually. Later. What cause? Why, why is that? So there's what we call seroconversion, where when you introduce the vaccine to the child, the system is unable to produce the desired immunity. Okay. When it happens like that, the baby is still at risk. And so many factors can come in place. Also, there are some medical conditions that may make us delay in immunizing this child. Let's say a mother has HIV and delivers. Because we assume child has been exposed, BCG is to be delayed. Okay. Because when you introduce it and the child got the virus in utero, the child can actually develop the tuberculosis. Okay. Yes. And so you want to look at so many things before you do vaccinations mm. in general. Mm. Yes. And that's why here in Ghana we have the booklet, right? You, we have the booklet and then we... So that's why we've combined the mother's antenatal records with the immunizer because it gets... It helps you to understand mm. or know the medical history of the mother and to know what to do for the child. And in Ghana, um, at birth, we're doing BCG. It's a very long name. So the BCG <laughs> is actually someone's name. Okay. Because usually those that invent the vaccines, we name the vaccines after, after them. them. So Bacillus, Calmet, Guarin, it, I mean, it's a very long <laughs> name. So we have BCG, which is against tuberculosis. And then we have the oral polio. Yeah. A vaccine and we do the O. The child takes four, which is recorded. But usually there are national exercises that comes to add because they are mostly the weakened form. So you need more boosters. So we do the oral polio vaccine, the O. And so the ideal situation is that we have to give hepatitis B to every baby. Mm. Now, when a woman is hepatitis B positive and delivers, because we say baby has been exposed, there's what we call hepatitis B immunoglobulin. In addition to the hepatitis B vaccine, that should be given to the baby to protect the child from developing the disease. Okay, so the general hepatitis B vaccine is administered. And then, and then the immunoglobulin, is, that is the ideal thing. That mm. is the right thing to do for a herb positive mother, mother who delivers mm. but they are expensive and so most people do not even do it they just do the vaccine leaving the immunoglobulin and if the child is exposed later the child can develop the disease but at elemas per our protocol every baby gets the herb vaccine because what when a baby is born a herb positive um, staff can actually infect your baby. Okay. And so we want to tread cautiously. When you deliver in America, in the Europe, or anywhere, Herb B is the first vaccine given to every baby. Okay. Yes. And in our book, it is there. I see it. So we do it. But then um, it hasn't been introduced as part of the EPI with the Ghana Health no. Service yet. So, but then 
I know facilities that but elements is our protocol so we, we do it in addition to your bcg and your oral polio vaccine i'm grateful that you share this information and it's important because i remember when there was a shortage of vaccines and people were wondering where to access vaccines and um, they were willing to pay for it because we know with the ghana health service those are free and there were people who said look i can pay for i don't want my child to be exposed especially to polio because that leaves life long lasting effects on, on the children and so thank you for um, notifying us about LMS uh, provision of but apart from the Hep B do you offer other vaccines as there well? There are a lot of vaccines we do so we go through the routine EPI which is the expanded program on immunization by Ghana Health Service so at six weeks a child gets the five in one vaccine that is diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, hepatitis B and then hemophilus influenza type B all these vaccines are put together in one shot. And usually mm. that's what makes them run temperature. Okay. Because we are, I asked the, pregnant, uh, the mother, when you were pregnant, did you take tetanus injection? She said, how was it? Said, My hand was hurting. So mm. I'm like, okay, so take a mental picture with other four drugs having been added to tetanus. Be, oh, that's why they get the yeah. temperature. So they, then they understand. And everything has to do with communication. We... Man, Madam, in the like, <laughs> I'm coming to give your child. A, we expect let the woman understand why, because five drugs being put together, obviously there will be some reaction. And then we give the pneumococcal um, vaccine against pneumonia in children, so Prevna 13 or the pneumococcal conjugate, and then we drop the oral polio one. Then Rotaris, which is um, against the rotor virus. It's also an oral vaccine that we do. So at six weeks, we repeat it at 10 weeks. And then at 14 weeks, we will do all this and still add the IPV, which is the injection form of the polio, to it. Okay. Per the Ghana Health Service schedule, you are to, uh, baby is not going to take any vaccine until six months, and then they take vitamin A supplements. Yeah. At six months, we do influenza. Mind you, we explain and it's optional. Okay. Because some deliver outside, like in the U.S., they come and they want to continue the American schedule. Okay. So we stock all these vaccines so that, because they, they are spending, let's say, a month or two, and they want to go back. So they don't want to start hours that they cannot complete. Right. And so we, we get all this. And then nine months, you take your measles rubella vaccine. In some countries, they do measles, mumps, and rubella. But our schedule is measles, rubella, and then you take your yellow fever vaccine. We don't do mumps. The children get it a lot. <laughs> in fact, I remember there was a time a pediatrician told me, I have an, I have an outbreak on my hands because almost all the children are coming with swollen uh, cheeks and jaw lines. So I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've mentioned it. But, you know, with every vaccine, you mentioned a timeline. Um, if somebody is watching us today and thinks that, oh, I want to give my child the mumps because I didn't get it in the public health facility, but maybe that child has gone beyond the, the, the age that you mentioned, is it possible for them to access it as well? Obviously, even adults are taking it. Okay. For travel and other school, once they're traveling from like a tropics or areas that are prone, they will recommend or they will require that you are vaccinated before mm. you come. And so two years upwards, that is when I would say that with the Ghana Health Service 
structure they would have completed and so these additional ones come to add on okay and though we start at one year 18 months they would still take a second dose of the measles rubella and then a uh, meningitis a but then mind you there are other strains of the meningitis and so two years we do the meningitis that has all the other strains a c y and one year we add chicken pox we have vaccine for cholera we have yes we have vaccines for hepatitis a which is more of a through a foodborne okay. contaminated food or water because they are they've done the b in mm. the five and one mm. so mm. we do the a and then the flu they start school and then they are getting running flu all the time so we do six months flu vaccination until they are two so by the time your child is going to school your child has a certain level of immunity mm -hmm. and then 18 months we still do our measles rubella and then our meningitis a and continue with every other one that they, they, they ask uh, i'm sure some mothers are saying oh where have you been i've been looking for <laughs> you the cold the flu the kids go to school and the whole house is down because they bring us terrible coughs and colds so um I'll, at the end of the show, I'll be telling you how to get in touch with uh, Nanekia and her team at Elema so that you can get further detailed, more individual you know, care based on your situation. So we don't expect mothers to miss appointments when it comes to vaccinations, but it happens sometimes, you know. Something may come to distract them one way or the other. What is the first thing to do when you realize you've missed your appointment? You don't have to wait. Come. What happens with vaccination is that they are schedules. Sometimes when you delay or when the gap is widened, we do not get the desired immunity that we want to elicit. And so in some cases, like that, tisanol uh, diphtheria, um, for instance, and I'm very much particular about that because the first dose we give to a pregnant woman gives no protection. Okay. So until you take your second dose, it goes to act on the first one to offer a certain amount of immunity. So if you just t take one and you don't come again, cause 90. That's a tetanus, right? Yes. Okay. Now, when the, wi the gap widens, in some cases, in some of the vaccines, I, I will let you start all over. <laughs> yes. Chicken pox is two doses. Maximum between six to eight weeks, you okay. should take your second dose. Okay. You are coming after like three months, like 20 weeks. Or what, what will happen to the first one? Because the second one goes to act on it to give you the desired immunity. And so if you widen the gap, mm. I'm tempted to start all over. Okay. However, there are still room that okay. we make. Right. So at least... Each vaccine, the schedule should not be, or the next doses should not be more than, uh, less than one month. Okay. Meaning within a month when you miss, miss you, you should. can come. Yes, right. So. right. You don't have an excuse mm. at all. So you, you've, you've partly answered the question on what we can do due to unavailability and facilities like yours stock up and so. In fact, we never run short of vaccines. Okay. Even when... Ghana, we, we always had vaccines. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
So we, we get people flying from Kumasi to come and take vaccine and go. It's important. Yes. It's important, especially for the polio. And I had mothers who came, they were desperate, you yeah, know, know, saying that, hey, polio, dear Miss Ro, I'm scared of polio. Every other thing, yes, but polio, I, I don't want my child to even. <laughs> start exhibiting any signs, any signs of it. So thank you for making that available. Um, so you've just highlighted the importance of, of vaccines to us and how over the years they've proven to be effective in, in, in public health management. But there are some people who still say no. Some religious groupings, for example, say we don't accept vaccines um, or they do not subscribe to it because there are a lot of theories thrown out there a lot of information on the internet people sharing things they don't even understand mm -hmm. so today if somebody's watching us who is skeptical about vaccines or who says that oh you people is just another way to turn us all into something else you know we don't trust the world of science and it's a grand scheme something something new world order you know all the theories they throw around what will your message be to them so i someone was saying this and i, I was asking the person that we pray, yes, we don't believe in our prayers. COVID came and we're praying, God, give us a cure. God, give us a solution. Now we develop vaccines. And you're saying, yay, they want to kill us. <laughs> and people were dying from the disease, though they were being managed in the hospitals. So I want to say that prevention has always been the best compared to curative. When we are exposed to the disease, you can't tell who will survive it and who will not. Mind you, when a child is less than 18 years, the child belongs to the government. And so when push comes to shelf, there are some ways that the government intervenes because religion shouldn't stop a child from being vaccinated. You as an adult can take that decision. But once the child is under 18 years, it is mandatory. Okay. So it got to a time, that's how come all the restrictions with COVID and other, because until you put in some force, you won't get it. Mind you, if you, I protect my child by vaccinating, your child is not protected. And then we are, your child gets exposed and brings it to school. My child will be exposed too. And before my child system will, Hey, I have this immunity in me already. My child would have exhibited a very mild form of it before. And we don't want that to happen at all. I keep telling people that since the introduction of oral polio, how many times do we see babies with polio? If it wasn't that effective, why wouldn't we have stopped doing it for, mm. till now? I mean, measles, one mother's calling the Auntie Kim, my baby has some rash and I think it's measles. I said, if it's measles, you wouldn't be sitting on your phone telling me this because measles are deadly disease. I mean, it's a deadly disease. And few babies were surviving from measles infection. So if it is measles as you are thinking, then you wouldn't be holding your baby, being reluctant, calling me that, oh, should I come to us or should I wait? No. Vaccines have proven to be very effective and I mean, we started with six childhood killer diseases. Mm -hmm. We're doing more than 13 now because the others we found out that we can still prevent them and we are good at preventing. And I must commend the Ghana Health Service because 
government of Ghana has done a, a, a human, I mean, prevention, we've, we've done well compared to other countries. I mean, I was talking to one doctor, and then he's like, when COVID came, doctors now had to be trained to give the vaccine. Because you're not used to it. I we mean, had a system in place already. But Ghana, we just jumped on because vaccinations, we are good at it. We are good at it because we don't have much. And so we would want to prevent it than having the crisis on our hands. Because we may not have the system to manage the right. cases. And right. so we always will push for, give me any day and I'll choose prevention over curative. Because mm -hmm. I may not be able to survive it. Mm. Okay, there's a lot more to talk about, but we'll take a breather here. Go sip on some water. When we come back, we'll be finding out more on what kind of vaccines your child should be taking after the first two years, which is uh, the regular period where the Ghana Health Service is giving you mandatory vaccines. The key word here is mandatory. You heard it from the public health person, not me. And also we'll be breaking some myths. We'll be doing a truth or myth exercise. You don't want to miss that. Do stay with us. Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Today I've got Ekia Nyama with me. She is a nurse midwife at Elimas Health, and we've been talking about vaccination in children. So, Ekia, just before we took that breather, we were talking about you know different forms of vaccines, how people can access, what to do if you miss an appointment, and all that. Um, but what should I be looking at as a mother beyond the two years? What are the other important vaccines that I must, you know, note down to ensure that my child has them even as they grow and develop? So um, children between 9 to 14 years in America are being given vaccine, uh, the Gardasil vaccine, which is against HPV, the okay. human papilloma virus. That causes cervical cancer like a strain of it, uh, type 16 and type 18, it causes about 70 to 75% of the cervical cancer cases. Now, when we build this immunity, child is going to grow, and before they become sexually active, once they come in contact, even with the virus, they are not going to get, because they have the immunity in them. Right. We don't have it here. We have it at LMS, though, but then, Parents will still have to ask for it, and then mostly we're doing it for 
uh, adults who have screened and are negative and they want to give it to them before they are exposed to the virus. Most of the other vaccines, usually from 12 months till the child is about two and a half or the additional ones, we would have done. And so once the child starts school, we don't have any cause to worry. Okay. Until they're maybe traveling outside and then there's a particular or certain type of additional vaccines that the country may require. All that is needed, all that is most um, predominant, or the disease that are predominant, like chickenpox, where we can have outbreak, like people getting chickenpox. We try to take care of it whilst they are under two years. And so once the child is two years upwards, we don't have much to worry about until they are about nine. Now with a child welfare clinic, or weighing, as we keep saying, is Wayne is just an aspect of the clinic. Okay. So we are actually going for a child welfare clinic because within the clinic, growth is being monitored. That is the weight. We are checking the height. We are doing the vaccination. We are doing counseling. All these things come together as a clinic. Mm. So if you say, I'm going for weighing, it's as if once your child is weighed, that's it, you're you are allowed to go home. No, but that's what happens in most public places. Because now you're saying checking height. I don't know. I've always wanted to ask. And I don't know if you all can relate. <laughs> the weight is checked, though. But the height, <laughs> even at birth, is left blank. I oh, no, the height. So we usually check full length, head circumference. At birth, we do it. Mm. Yes, we do it. I have to go and check oh, again. Oh, please no. check. That's one day I know. <laughs> I do, uh, that's one day I said, having been in the labor order, we chest the, uh, the chest circumference, mm. the head circumference. That, and yes. Full length. That one, yeah. Mm. Oh, I can buy for Please, my I'll book. I'll bring you my book. Yes. Okay. In fact, my books. So if you come and it's, it's in it. Oh, I owe you lunch. <laughs> So we check and then with the weight, for instance, ideally we are saying that by the time the child is one year, the child should gain about three times the birth weight. And so we monitor the growth pace and then we draw it on a graph mm -hmm. to see how the pace is going because the other lines, we don't want the child to be on it. Every six months, so your child is five years, your child needs to take vitamin A supplement. A. Yes. Hmm. And... Every six months. Every six months. And so is that given at public health facilities yes. as well? Yes, it's in the book. That red capsule. So at six months, we give the blue capsule. And then from one year upwards, we give the red capsule. So I encourage my mothers that, okay, it's oral. It's just a drop. So even if you can't bring the child, you come with a book. I put it in a drug envelope. I record the date. And then when they pick their children from school out, they just drop it. And... They, they get to... So I monitor my clients to well, make why sure... Why is the vitamin A important? Oh, it corrects any issue on the eye. It's a retinol. And you, we say that what the child is eating, the vitamin A that they need may not be enough. So okay. this comes it's as a supplement. supplement. Yes. Because mm. you know they are eating parting at that time. They don't like certain fruits and other things. So at least this will come. And it is like the 200,000 IU. Very strong to be in the child system for about six months until a new dose is given. So you don't say, okay, they usually say, I'm done with taking all my injections. So yeah, what, so that's what is it. it? Yeah. Mm. Please. So it means in a year, you'll be going twice. Okay. Just so the, the child is five, five years. years. Okay. And I, most of my mothers, they are very religious because I'm so much on them. <laughs> and some of them, yeah. I even set reminders. I, okay. I go that extreme for them. 
And so they're like, hey, if I don't go and take it, I'm like, don't call me when there's an emergency. So do this as a condition and then I also do this okay. for you. Yes. Okay. I think it's because of the pressure because I mean, you're right. Most mothers would relax after all the injections, immunizations. Uh, immunizations are done and you feel like, okay, no, those are the serious ones. That's for the other ones. And even checking the weight of the child, you know, a lot of them stop at about two and a half years. Ah, they don't check years. the weight it's of the child again. Just after 18 months, once they are done with the government vaccination, because mostly the vaccinations, the injections, it ends at 18 months. Now they are done. No? Mm. Because and so we introduced the, even with the malaria vaccine, it still ends at 18 months because it's that six months, seven months, nine months, and then the last one is at eight. Once they are done, they are done. Like the clinic is, has ended. Mm. Time no day. Mm. It's either we are starting for another baby. If the mother is pregnant, yeah, child, I know, right? The older one is. You get it. So oh, to stand aside. So, <laughs> but then what we are saying is that, and I'm advocating for it that. Every six months, at least, your child needs the vitamin A. They get, they, they feel so unwell, children, and then they lose weight mm. to gain height. Okay. Then they eat or fill up. And then, so you will still want the height to be measured. So when you come, we have a heart chart, and then we, we do it too, so that we, we plot it to see as the pace that the child is going, is it correlating with the age? Mm. Because at some point, you're not cons much concerned about the weight of the child. You're much concerned about the total well-being of the child, the activity of the child. Is it corresponding with the age of the child? Because if you want your child to be uh, plumpy or how they put it, uh, oh, chubby, mm. your child can be chubby. And wouldn't be hearing. Okay. So when you come, we do all these well, assessments. Yeah. So the child welfare. Exactly. So when uh, there's a sound and the child is not turning towards that direction at a certain age, it gives us a concern. And it's not just about the vaccination because we are doing a total welfare of the so the developmental milestone of the child. In the book, you see that at a point the child is sitting, the child is crawling, the mm. child is walking and the child is running at the age is the child doing that activity mm. and these are basic that you don't really need specialist specialist because we may all not find that opportunity so we should expect that when we go to weigh in as we term it and pair the age of my child the the person attending to me the public health assistant or a nurse or a midwife or whoever it is should at least have the time to ask me those quick questions. Yes. Is the child walking? Is the child talking? Is the child hearing when, you, when they hear a sound? But we don't get that. That's the ideal situation. But sometimes, you know, the workload, I mean, the overwhelming numbers of mothers. And these same mothers don't have time. That's so much that I have to go to the market. I mean, I worked in a public facility for like 14 years. And so I, I, have, I have experience of every area. And so... I still did field epidemiology at master's and then I still ventured into outbreak investigations because then it took me from the, the clinical setting more to the field right. to understand how disease outbreaks and how our health-seeking behaviors works because you are even asking questions and they don't have the time because there's so much in a hurry to go and sell in the market mm. or something. So 
it, it's it, it boils down to it and then you know how many people have even completed school and are staying at home unemployed i mean if those numbers were to add on it would ease more of the pressures and then we can get to answer some of those the questions, questions yeah. but we're so overwhelmed I can understand. and you are conducting the child welfare clinic under some tree somewhere the rains have come in um, you are yeah. a whole lot and yeah. so it doesn't allow them to really to give do those the, yes but they, they really want to do it yeah. but when they get a chance they do it i think the other thing is on the flip side as a mother maybe you should express some concern and beyond taking the injection, ask the nurse or the midwife or whoever it is, a community nurse, oh, what should I expect to be seeing in my child? Maybe just a quick chat. And here again, I'll share a story of a woman who went for weighing and was told by one nurse that we've checked the weight, you can go. And she's like, no, you're supposed to give an injection. She said, the nurse says no. But the mother said, I want to cross check. And she says, my child is at this age. And in the book, he's supposed to take an injection. And so sometimes, like you say, probably it was the stress of the day. She was overwhelmed. But it is important for mothers to also make the effort in asking your healthcare provider what you should expect. So I tell my mothers that that book you are holding is not go through it. Mm. Even if you can't read, you can see pictures. Right. Because we've made it so pictorial that danger signs in pregnancy, bleeding, a woman is vomiting. You will see it. Same with the feeding of newborns, same with vaccinations and other things. We've made it so pictorial. So if you see something and you, you are not seeing it, in your, when you come, because mind you, we are also human beings and we can yeah. get overwhelmed. Um, there's a story of a midwife who lost her child, uh, oh. I mean her pregnancy, and was back in the labor or two weeks conducting delivery. Wow. Yes. You expect this midwife to give up her best. But unknown to you on the other side, you don't know what she's equally going through. And so sometimes I try to make room because when they come like, and the nurses, and the nurses, mm -hmm. the nurses are coming from the community. We turn them out with a certain attitude and then they bring it to the world. Mm. So please, take responsibility as a mother too. Because I have instances where some of my mothers, they prompt me. And take care. So when I remember, I tell you ahead. Next month, when you come, I will do this for you. Right. So when, Antika, you said that. Mm. Okay. So I go through the books with my mothers like that. Right. And I've done this for like 17 years. So mm. when you ask me and I'm even sleeping, I can tell you, okay, check this page for me. Check this page yeah. of this book. Page do this. Now, yeah. Like page numbers. Mm. Do this. Okay, take a picture of this please, and send to me. I'm like, okay, have you seen this yourself? So this is what we'll do. And then we are all on the same. Right. So sometimes I go into the future with them before they even come. Like, okay, when you come, I'll do this. So if I forget, remind me. Right. It doesn't make you less of a nurse. And it, it lessens your burden because by the time they're coming, due to the emergency on your hand, a client comes and then they are due for vaccination. Another child has asthmatic attack i have to nebulize mm. Mm. at a clinic at a child welfare clinic and some can get within like anything then what happens immunizations can wait by then yes and then we nebulize this baby or save it but communication 
and you know sometimes if we don't have the answers we tend to be a little bit angry just mm, as mm, a defense but yeah, right, right. it's not the best mm. i tell my mothers please i don't know this i will ask and get back to you yeah and auntie kadia um, if she doesn't know she'll tell you because right. it's better than giving you a wrong information and then we are all on the same page yeah, right. i think it's better yes. right so it's a shared responsibility uh, as you've heard it is important that as a mother you you are curious enough to know what's happening with your child and so uh you heard that you must be interested in the well-being of your child now let's let's do this little exercise right i call it truth or myth right truth or myth the first one is vaccines can make children autistic yes and no it's a no outright answer but i'm saying yes because some vaccines have been a solvent in certain vaccines have been linked to with nonetheless we are saying that autism has to do with more of a genetic malfunction and so if you're not on the spectrum if you don't have a trace of autism it can't go and bring it okay that's that's the literal someone said at a, somewhere that okay i did family plan IECD and then I developed cervical cancer but research shows that cervical cancer is caused by the virus. the virus if you and the IECD when we place it in you can last for 10 years the virus when you are introduced can hide and persist between 10 to 15 years before they cause the disease now later years when you are found it is very possible for you to say is the IED that brought the cancer yeah. but then if the virus wasn't there, they wouldn't have caused anything. And so there should be something genetically before this thing can maybe hasten it or mm. escalate it. Okay. But it doesn't cause, cause it. Autism. Yes. Right. Okay, number two. Some vaccines contain toxic substances. It is not true. Okay. What toxins here mean? Mm. Because every it's either the weakened form or the um, the dead form, and based on how strong it is or the way they elicit their immunity and how the the reaction that goes on in the body that's what makes them think that okay maybe it's poisonous. COVID vaccine came just as you're saying, and then people were being hospitalized after everything. Once it's novel. Mostly you get some reactions. And then we learn because it's an evidence-based practice which keeps going. We research into it and then, okay, let's modify this. Let's take this out. Let's, but they, are, they don't contain any. Okay. So since you introduced the, the COVID vaccine conversation, <laughs> some say vaccines contain certain chips or magnetic substances <laughs> that allow you to be monitored or uh, manipulated or controlled. It is not true. But even on the chip, I've always said, hey, but how do you see a chip in a vaccine? You get it. And then if you're to monitor, looking at the number of people that took the vaccine, how do you monitor everybody? Who is going to do that job? <laughs> because you can do... Mon how many people can you monitor at a time? Even on your CCTV, there's still a certain corners and still... You can't get it. So... It's not true. These are all myths. Yes. Okay. So there's another one that suggests that natural immunity is better. So they say, for example, allow the child to be exposed to the virus on their own. Influenza. 
a lot of children have it, right? So the body itself will, it will go through the cycle. The body will build the immunity. They may get another form of a, a flu virus. The body will build its own immunity. The, peop, the people who believe that nature has its own way yeah. of taking care of things. So instead of allowing a certain produced uh, vaccine to be put into your system, just allow the body to find its way around it. But then we may not have the luxury because we wouldn't know who is going to survive it or who will not. Mm. Because if you are talking of, say, uh, measles, a lot of babies were dying from measles. So why would you want the baby to be uh, uh, infected with measles before developing the immunity? If the, that child dies, what is the immunity? You understand? It's so it's better in some cases, like uh, the passive one which mothers give to their babies. I mean, it's within, but even that when babies are born, we still introduce it to them for them to elicit their own immunity. And so you might want to wait, but you can't tell whether your child will survive it or not mm -hmm. if they are infected with the disease. So it's a probability game you don't want to play because exactly. you can't tell. And the rate at which they will die from the disease is higher than survival. Okay. So why would we want to go on that tangent? Right. Okay, so you have some education here on whether natural immunity is better. Well, that's a myth. Okay, now, there are those who also believe that, okay, you can give the vaccines, but for the first one year, that's too much for a child to handle. <laughs> that's just too many vaccines for a child or a baby to handle. But it's within those one year, two, that they are very fragile, they are prone, their immunity is very low. And so if we don't give them that, um, this active immunity from the vaccines we are giving, the chances of babies not surviving the disease when they are infected is high. And so the earlier, the better. Mm. Yes. Okay. The next one is vaccines can give children the diseases we are trying to prevent. So there are those who say that I took a shot for influenza, but I'm beginning to feel the symptoms or show the symptoms Feel the symptoms, show the signs of influenza. So, cause 90, Anna. So, usually when babies or children are vaccinated, they can be exposed to the disease, but then they will, uh, in some cases, they will suffer a very mild form of it, unlike okay. if they hadn't been vaccinated at all. Okay. And then in some cases, they will not get the disease at all. Okay. Because I know adults who have come in to take chickenpox vaccine because they have never gotten chickenpox and they don't want to get it. Babies will al always elicit certain kind of immunity from vaccinations. And what happens is, as I said, the body goes through certain kind of fight to give the immunity it desires. And as it is going through, they can, you can fall sick. You can, that's where the temperature comes in and all the adverse events, but it is uh, the body's way of fighting with or generating the antibodies okay. to build the immunity. Okay. And then in some cases, they will get it before they are exposed. And right. so, yeah. but then babies can be exposed to, so I, keep, I say that you can be vaccinated but not get immunity. And you can get immunity but without vaccination. Okay. Because when we give the vaccination, there's a certain thing we're looking out for. It's a cold chain. 
when you break the chain, you alter the potency of the vaccine. And so you would have given the vaccine all right. But because you altered the potency of the vaccine, the child may not get the desired immunity. And though vaccinated, child can still get the disease. How do we alter the potency of the vaccine? Usually it's going to be done by the health worker. Okay. So how we handle the vaccine. Okay. That's how come it's always in a cold box. And some parts is done by the parents. When we immunize, it's within a certain temperature, plus two to plus eight. We say that, okay, when you notice a swelling, reddening or anything, put ice on it. Some will go and rub kerosene. Yes, some will rub shea butter. Some introduce hot items. Oh, and then okay. you alter the potency of the vaccine. It's not just altering. You are going to cause a reaction at the injection site. Because they are not just... They massage the place and... <laughs> Kerosene, I've not heard that before. Oh, they do a lot of things. Mm. In fact, they do a lot of things. Oh, now since we are not my mother says, I, I've heard a lot because mm. I've worked in a rural area before. I've worked in the city. I've, I've done every bit some, so I know <laughs> of the things they can put on it. Yeah. Don't do this. That's what they are doing. And when they come, they won't tell you this is what I did. Okay. So they will make it look like, oh, adverse event following immunization. Then your head is like, because there are forms you need to fill. We need to trace that particular batch of vaccine. Yeah. Because if it's something that we have to recall that batch. And then all the FDA investigations, we have to, we want to, it's, it's a whole lot of things. So when we give instructions that, okay, if mm -hmm. the, you notice any reaction, let's say reddening or hardening of the put ice on it if it's not subsiding report back and then let us manage it for you because in some cases it, it ends up in abscess where we end up in the theater for incision and drainage because we have to incise or open up the site take whatever passes there drain it and then when we could have and they won't tell you this is what i did mm. please the abscess uh, for for those of you who are not too familiar like it's a localized uh, swelling uh -huh. of the injection site <laughs> yes usually right and the hardening from the five in one the one they take at six weeks ten weeks and fourteen weeks is it's very common okay. but then all you need to do is to apply your cold compress yeah. and then it's a, a suit or subsidence. okay we, we're left with the last point on the truth or myth but since you've brought in the the bit of the aftercare for immunized children. Let me just find out from you. Um, there are those who believe that before the child even takes the injection, um, there are some things you can give them or there's a way you can prepare them so that the, the impact or the effect of the vaccine is not as serious. <laughs> so, if you're not sick, why are you taking medication? Okay. We give the pain medication to go and act on something that is happening in the child. Okay. Vaccine hasn't been introduced yet, and you've given your para or your pain antipyretic already. What is it acting on? Mind you, all the reactions babies get from vaccination, it is not every child. All right. And so if you hurriedly go and give the para syrup and your child may not even react at all what have you done you're just giving nothing a, a medication which is not going to do anything in there and it it will become a, a tossing in them because if you're doing exclusive i know of someone doing exclusive breastfeeding and so when we even give the immunization she won't give oral power she will give 
put support to you. She doesn't want anything <laughs> to disrupt her. Like her exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> you know, so, and when we give the vaccine, the reaction doesn't occur instantly. Okay. And so there's still time that you can always give your pain medication after the uh, antigen or vaccine has been introduced into the child and never before. So you recommend that we do it after and that is even if the child develops because the fever. The fever doesn't come sudden. You feel some warmth, then you give. It goes to act on it as at the time it is happening. Mm. But if you give way, and they some give hours before they come because they think that is what is going to prepare the system, it will wear off. And so by the time the pain is setting in and you are giving another one, it is now going to kick in because the first one had worn out earlier than you anticipated. Mm. And in some cases, we ask you to do tepid sponge where you do lukewarm water. And mind you, you have to start from the feet. Oh. You don't start from the head. Okay. By the time it gets up here, it would have registered. But when you start from the head, the child can startle. And if there's high temperature, the child can convulse. You're, not, you're learning a lot here on Baby Doctor, and that's why this show has been put together. So for those of you who um, prefer to, uh, as we say, sponge your child when they have a temperature, please always start from the feet. And uh, what, should the, what should the temperature of the water be? Oh, it should be lukewarm. It lukewarm. shouldn't be that cold water. Okay. Because you, so when you put cold, when the child has temperature and you are applying cold water, it's like your car having overheated and you are pouring an iced, yeah. you will shut the system and it's not good. Okay. But when you bring in a lukewarm water, and you should always test it with the back of your hands, mm. not in your palm. Okay. Back. Yes, so okay. that you know that it's a bit look. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Okay. And it will still bring the temperature down. Okay. So it, it, it goes like it neutralizes the the temperature that's already in the system. So as the child's temperature drops, can I increase it from lukewarm to a little bit cooler and cooler? We want a tepid water. Okay. And the tepid is lukewarm. Okay. Very not hot, not cold. Okay. So to our last uh, point on myth versus truth, better hygiene can prevent infections compared to vaccines. And so wash your hands, cover your nose, don't touch your face. All the things we had to do, all the protocols we had to observe in addition to <laughs> getting a COVID vaccine. There are those who believe that. Why not just do those ones and avoid introducing certain elements into your body that they think... Um, you know, you can do without. Hygiene in general is the best thing. Nonetheless, you will be doing all that you have to do as in observing all the personal and environmental hygiene. Is your neighbor doing same? Okay. And that it still puts you at a risk because if you're doing it, I'm doing it. Then it gives us a, a room not to worry. But just as you're doing it, someone is not. Look, the year COVID came and they were locked down. We didn't record any cholera outbreak. Everybody was washing their hands. Everybody was... Now we've thrown all the cautions to the wind. And we're getting some outbreaks which we didn't record within the year that we're battling COVID. Because hand sanitizers, hand washing, like everybody no wearing shaking hands, wearing the distancing. But... Now, we've thrown all the questions, and 
we will we will not all act same at the same time okay and so we protect ourselves the better or we prevent ourselves the better and prevention has always been better than cure as we say prevention is better than cure and for me prevention is my business because i keep saying i may not live to survive it if i am infected and so if there's a way i would prevent it i would want i wouldn't want to get it at all than because being sick is not fun mm. it's never fun and so and especially when your child is sick you are equally sick look if your child needs to it's not a pleasant thing to go through child has flu can't breathe it's so restless and the caution here is that flus are and so giving antibiotics mm. is another thing which is a no-no because it's not a bacterial infection. Please don't abuse the antibiotics. Well, uh, I'll be back to wrap up the conversation. But here are your tips for today. Hope you learned something from them. Tidbits on vaccination. Use an ice pack or cold compress when you notice swelling and redness at the site of injection. Remember to always make time for your next vaccination appointment. Ensure that your child is fully immunized. Remember, prevention, they say, is always better than cure. And those were your tips for today. Quickly in wrapping up the conversation, let me just say a very big thank you to LMS Health. LMS Health is located at 10A Volter Street at Airport Residential Area, very close uh, to the National Service Secretariat. You can also call them on 024 68 and uh, Nanekia is with LMS Health. She is a nurse and a midwife, and she'll just run you through the important vaccines they have available for your children uh, so you can make an informed decision on your child's health. Nanekia, so aside all the government vaccines which we do, we have vaccines for influenza that's the flu, and then we have chicken pox, we have hepatitis A, we have cholera, we have typhoid fever vaccine, yes, and then the meningitis vaccine. We have all the strain. We have the MMR, the one with the mumps, and then we have the Gardasil vaccine for HPV, even in Goon okay. or older children. And right. so anytime you can come in, then All right. Danica and her team will be looking out for you. Do give them a call. Do visit them uh, at the airport residential area. Tell them you watch the baby doctor. And uh, who knows, there'll be a nice package for you. Well, before I go, let me also say thank you so much to Azel Vogue for my dress. You can find Azel Vogue on Instagram, and uh, you would find the name uh, coming up on your screen shortly. Or you can contact Azel Vogue on 0244 And also a big thank you to Think Media, where you're bringing you the show from all your media work, creative event organization anything you need creative related find think media and they will be able to sort you out well it's time to say goodbye but you know we are always interactive do find us on facebook baby doctor is the name and my name is bernice abu bay dulansa always serving you the best when it comes to the health of your baby and your child because happy children always make happy homes see you in our next episode take care Hey, 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 hey,
December is coming now, so be sure one was super yes, rough. So, here is your chance to win some mula in the game pack games mula for December promo in the easiest lottery to play and win in Ghana. Anyo, and no one papa game pack account. Just take at least 10 Ghana cities in the game pack, pick one or pick four lottery for a chance to win concert tickets, free shopping vouchers worth 500 Ghana cities to clear the shelves of Malcolm or to buy a Kukona market here at KFC. <laughs> Everybody can win! So stake 10 Ghana cities or more today and get your mula for December. Terms and conditions apply. Game Park Games, more mula, more power. <laughs> you can give a loved one is good health. The Love FM Fitness Walk is the only platform which prevents this exclusive opportunity to walk with your friends, partner, granny, kids, abongo, empnang, obia, ukunu, stupid, etc. to stay healthy. Banks, insurance companies, construction companies, hospitals, schools, security services, various fitness groups. Come and let's sick of the stress. Start looking for your walking kids so and let's hit the streets of Kumase to de-stress. Exercise and burn some calories. You can also send us a minute video. Shijama Kakra, Yedede Kakra, as cooperating institutions, groups, or individual declaring your readiness to partake in the walk. Stay with love 99.5 FM and Ishra 104.5 FM and get more details on the walk or call 0245 594 425 for inquiries. Remember, Fitness Walk is on Saturday, 10 February 2024 at the Kumasi City Mall, 6 a.m. It's time to get stepping because if you upgrade your DSTV subscription now, we'll step you up to an even higher package. Respect that. Upgrade now and step up to even more action. Step up to more football. Step up to more local drama. Step up to more fun and get more than you pay for. Upgrade now and get boosted to the next package at no extra cost. Visit your multi-choice branch or agent and upgrade to step up and get boosted. Not your typical dining experience. We visit the floating restaurant Iris in Norway. Is punctuality really that important to Germans? We delve into this cliché. And what makes original Parmesan cheese so special? We get the scoop from Italian experts. These stories and more coming up on Euromax. Norway has the second longest coastline in the world, so it's no wonder lots of fish get served up here. But overfishing and fish farming are controversial topics. Now a new restaurant in Hardinger Fjord helps guests dive deeper into these issues. What is this strange metal sphere glistening brightly in a Norwegian fjord? Welcome to the Salmonite. And why does it attract architecture fans as well as foodies? If we look below surface, I think we can achieve new ways of uh, cooking. 
The Salmon Eye is an art piece, an architectural marvel, and a dining experience all in one. It's the brainchild of Sandra Ida, the CEO of his family's salmon farming company, Ida Fjordbruck. But what exactly is the idea behind such a construction? The purpose of Salmon Eye is to motivate people, to inspire people, to do more sustainable seafood. We call it a mark for sustainable sea development. How did it end up here in the middle of Norway's Hardinger Fjord? So it's actually floating in the middle of the fjord and is anchored to the bottom of the fjord. And here is up to almost 1,000 meters deep. The fisheye-shaped building was brought to life by the Danish firm Kvoning Design. At 1,000 square meters, it is engineered to withstand waves of up to 5 meters high. It is covered in more than 9,000 steel plates mimicking fish scales. And of course, it resembles a salmon eye, also meant to represent the idea of seeing things from a different point of view. Its round design is also reflected inside. So it's very important for us that we bring the inside out. So if you have such a curve and such a special building, it was very important for us to also bring all the elements inside. So it's almost no straight line in the entire building. An exhibition space is located three meters underwater. The focus here is about how the global food industry can become more sustainable and the role which aquaculture can play in this. These issues are reflected in the menu at the Iris restaurant, which opened in June of 2023. The mastermind behind the Iris restaurant lives on the nearby island of Snilsvaitu. Meet Annika Madsen. No, she's not a boat captain, but the head chef of Iris. She fell in love with the concept of sustainable dining while working in her home country of Denmark. Just like for anybody else, the only way for Annika to reach the restaurant is by boat. It would definitely be easier just to open in, in the nearby town, but I think it's the beauty of this project uh, and a part of the reason why I couldn't say no to it. So it's really important uh, that we bring out the story about us bringing the guests to the ingredients rather than the other way around. And, and for that, obviously, we serve a lot of uh, seafood. The Iris restaurant's mission revolves around sourcing food locally. This way, Annika can craft a sustainable 18-course menu derived directly from the sea and surrounding land. One of the dishes that embodies this idea is called 500 meters. Every ingredient, like blue mussels, wild juniper, crab bouillon, and seaweed, is sourced within a 500-meter radius from here. Annika wants people to appreciate the ingredients and resources that are available all around them just as much as she does. The mission with Iris is to showcase uh, the unique um, ingredients and uh, maybe some less popular ingredients that has not been in the spotlight so much. Maybe some of those things can lead to, to a greener future. A culinary experience in extraordinary surroundings. Iris offers food for thought and has just been honored with a German Design Award for excellent architecture.
What is typically German for you? Beer? Socks and the sandals? Driving on the Autobahn? Or do characteristics like punctuality and discipline stand out? We take a look at what goes on in the German mind when it comes to being on time. I'm German and most people think of me as a really punctual person because punctuality is Germany's number one virtue. But to be really honest, I'm not always on time and now I want to find out whether Germans really are that punctual. Hold on, wait, I'm here too. I'm your inner German, your little German conscious and I can tell you I would be always punctual. Well, if you say so, let's have a look at how punctual Germans are in their free time, in public life and at work. Sounds good. I will be there to show you that we are always on time. Germans and the workplace, something immediately associated with punctuality and efficiency. Let's head to the office to see if it's actually true. Oh, but you're cutting it close. Not really. It only takes me 15 minutes to get to my work. The meeting is at 8. But if the train is delayed or something else happened, you would definitely arrive late. Your boss is relying on you to be on time. Okay, maybe you're right. I can move on. Oh, no, I'm much too early. Well, really, you can't show up for this meeting this early either. Fünf Minuten vor der Zeit ist des deutschen Pünktlichkeit. This German saying means you have to arrive five minutes earlier to be on time. Oh, man, I will get a coffee first then. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow. That still has to be taken care of, please. Of course. Ooh. Hold on, it's five o'clock. Time to go home. But I've still got to finish this up. But it's firearmed. We're out of here. You think so? Yeah, sure. We Germans like to leave work on time. Going by the world average, we only work a little overtime because we're efficient and we leave and arrive punctually. Yes, we've been doing less and less overtime. That's true, especially compared to other countries. But punctual and efficient, we are not always. I've got to finish this now and I will leave in 15 minutes. Deal? Deal. A typical working day. You could definitely say that Germans place great value on punctuality at work. And it is also rooted in work culture. But what about in their free time? Let's see. I'm meeting my friend Lisa now. We are on time. Sure, I don't want to make her wait. Now where is she? I'm sure she will be long right away. Don't worry. Check your mobile again. Has she texted you? No, she hasn't. That's odd. It's impolite. She's wasting our time. In fact, most surveys show that the majority of Germans expect people being on time or a maximum of five minutes late. Sorry, I'm so late. My mobile phone battery ran out. Otherwise, I would have let you know, of course. Ah, no problem. <laughs> hey. And Germans love it. When you apologize for being late, then everything is forgiven and forgotten. And ich auch. Kaffee bald wieder, ja? Bis dann. Ciao, ciao. And what about parties? As a punctual German, when is a good time to arrive? Well, then it gets a bit tricky because often how punctual you are at the party depends a lot on the context. But who's really on time at the party? We are. And we have to bring something, so hurry up. Off we go. Oh. What are you doing here already? Didn't you say 8 o'clock? Oh, it was from 8 o'clock. 
brief summary. From 8 o'clock means no one expecting you to be on time, but the context is important. If it's a small gathering, you're more likely to arrive punctually. And if there is food, then you will also probably arrive on time. Okay, but then you should really ask if you can help her to get something ready. Oh, sorry, can I help you get something ready? Yeah, sure, with pleasure. Come in. This whole punctuality isn't that easy. We can agree, at work the Germans are very punctual. In their private life they're more relaxed, but what about the public life? Let's say if I take a trip somewhere. Hold on, isn't it weird that the train is not here? <laughs> no, not really. This isn't typical for Germany at all. <laughs> To be honest, that happens all the time. Just relax. Our trains are fairly unreliable. By EU measures, we're in 19th place out of 27. Surprised? But that won't work. Then we'll be late to our meeting. Don't worry. I factured that in, of course. We will still arrive on time. The train is delayed by 35 minutes. And now? Well, now we've got it. The truth most probably doesn't bear out the cliché. Although we do love being on time. Totally, Germans hold punctuality in high regard. And it's all firmly rooted in German culture and history. How punctual are you? Share it in the comments section. When it comes to dance, many companies stick to a very tried and tested repertoire and don't dare to mix things up very much. But the Berlin Staatsballet, with its new artistic director, is taking ballet down a new, more diverse path. Staatsballet is redefining classical ballet on its own terms. With two bold works opening the new season, the company is making a statement about its future direction. My vision is to have a creating company. so that all world-famous choreographers are happy to come to us to create for us so that we can show everything which ballet and dance can offer. 54-year-old German choreographer Christian Spuck is the company's new artistic director. A former director of Zurich Ballet, he is now in charge of leading the company down a new path. This is Germany's biggest, most expensive and most prestigious ballet company with 79 dancers from 28 nations. Hi, I'm Tinat Sugishima from Japan. Hi, my name is Grégoire Duchevet and I'm from France. Hi, I'm Chloe and I'm from California, USA. Hi, my name is Gustavo and I'm from Brazil. One of the standout dancers this season is Leroy Mokake from South Africa. They are the company's first openly non-binary member. It took a while to kind of get to this point and also to like discover myself that I was non-binary. I think in this sort of point, like I would just like generalize it as like any kind of dancer. Um, we all want to be in an institution or a company that we feel comfortable in and the repertoire really complements our strengths and, um, and trust as well. You need to like, the director needs to really have like a big vision. And that vision involves Leroy taking on non-traditional roles in the company and also dancing on point. Another notable face is Iranian-Swedish dancer Vivian Asal Kunavad. She's been with the company for five years and doesn't feel the need to conform to ballet's normally conservative approach. 
Luckily, I haven't felt too pressured to feel like that I need to fit in. I've kind of been really um, self-confident. I think I can do the same things. It um, doesn't need to be about like how I look, but like what I can do. The Berlin Staatsballet faced controversy in 2020 when one of its black dancers reported that she was told to lighten her skin for certain roles. Since then, with new management, the company has taken steps to make the ensemble more inclusive. We are coming from lots of different countries in the world. Everybody has a different background, everybody has a different sexual orientation, everybody has a different religion. And with the language of dance, it works beautiful together. I think diverse is something which also is very representative for Berlin. I don't know any other city which is so diverse and it's so important for the city to be diverse. And as a ballet company in Berlin, we would like to represent the city in this way also. Berlin Staatsballet also has one of the widest repertoires for a classical ballet company. It includes storybook ballets like Swan Lake and Onegin, as well as more contemporary pieces like Mesa da Requiem, and Bovary, Christian Spuck's latest piece based on the Flaubert novel. Spuck faces a big challenge to bring the company into a new era while remaining loyal to Berlin's ballet audience. So is he nervous about his new role? I'm always nervous. I'm always, I'm every day nervous. Also when I enter a normal studio rehearsal, I'm always a little bit nervous. I'm always a little bit excited. I think that's what art is about. We have to step into the unknown. And if we wouldn't be nervous, there wouldn't be any challenge. Only time will tell whether Christian Spuck, as the new artistic director, can strike the right balance while leading the Berlin Staatsballet into the future. The special flavor of Parmesan cheese makes almost any pasta dish even tastier. But how and where is real Parmesan cheese actually made? We traveled to Italy to sink our teeth into the subject. This here is real Parmesan cheese, Parmigiano Reggiano. It can only be produced in one region of Italy. If it's from anywhere else, it's fake. You could say Parmesan is my second lover after my wife. Manual labor is essential. So what makes Parmesan so special and how is it produced? Parmigiano Reggiano is only allowed to be produced in one area of northern Italy. The dairy cows are only fed hay and grass. Animal additives are prohibited according to the rules of the local Parmesan consortium. The milk for Gaziano Pojoli's cheese comes in part from this rare race of white cows from the Modena region. The 71-year-old heads a cheese cooperative in the hills of the Apennine Mountains that produces organic Parmesan. This area has boasted special conditions for a thousand years now. Its climate, air and water, the whole environment. That allows us to create a very natural cheese. Only raw milk is allowed to be used. 
It's gently heated in copper vats. Then whey and rennet are added, an enzyme from calf stomachs that causes the milk to curdle. Using a so-called cheese harp, the cheesemakers stir up the thickened milk, which shouldn't get too hot. You have to pay attention to the tiniest details. That's the secret. We feel how the milk curdles. After it's heated up, it becomes compact. It takes 15 liters of milk to make one kilo of cheese. A linen sheet is used to lift the 80-kilo loaf out of the vat before it gets cut in two. We call them twins because we obtain two wheels of Parmesan cheese here. They're pressed into molds and receive the label from the Parmesan Consortium, which regularly checks the quality of the cheese. Only then can it receive the typical imprint showing that it's real Parmesan. That's the identifying stamp that permanently proves the authenticity of the cheese. Finally, the cheese goes into a salt bath to draw out the moisture. They remain here in this brine for 20 days, but it takes six or seven months for the salt to reach the center of the cheese wheel. The cheese wheels are stored in huge ripening rooms for at least 12 months. They are regularly turned and brushed to ensure that they ripen perfectly. Each individual wheel is checked for its quality by tapping it with a special hammer and listening. This is how you can check to see if the cheese meets official requirements. You can tap on it and hear if there are cavities or tears inside. Only cheese wheels that pass the inspection receive the quality seal, certifying them as true Parmigiano-Reggiano. Otherwise, the cheese is sold as lower quality. Over 4 million cheese wheels were produced here in 2022. Almost half were destined for export. But even though the cheese's designation is protected, the market is flooded with fake Parmesan products. It's estimated fake Parmesan vendors rake in 2 billion euros a year. No cheese that is simply claimed to be Parmesan should bear this name. Otherwise, you're deceiving the consumers. Opening a wheel of Parmesan is a procedure that needs time and experience. Graziano breaks it open with a number of special knives. It's always really exciting to break open a new wheel. I'm very excited to see how it is. And thankfully, this one's excellent. Then it gets broken up into pieces. One kilo costs between 18 and 35 euros. The older it is, the more expensive and aromatic. The Dutch capital Amsterdam attracts millions of visitors each year with its beautiful architecture, seemingly endless canals, and a unique biking culture. But do the pictures on social media live up to the real thing? We did a reality check. There's no shortage of amazing photos of Amsterdam on Instagram. But does the city really look that good in real life? And is it worth a visit? We check out three spots that are especially popular. But let's be honest, not all of the city's famous places live up to the hype. Amsterdam is one of the most visited cities in Europe. 
On average, the Dutch capital sees 20 million overnight stays per year. The Old Town area is especially popular and was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2010. You'll find plenty of photo spots in the city centre, including, of course, Dam Square, the main plaza. But how beautiful is it really? The square is huge. If you're exploring Amsterdam, you're sure to pass through it sooner or later. Dam Square got its name in the 13th century when a dam was built here across the Amstel River. That's also why this city is called Amsterdam. The most important building here is the Royal Palace, which hails from the 17th century. Fun fact, the building is supported by 13,659 wooden poles. These days, the palace is merely symbolic. No one lives here. More than anything, the square is a place where locals and tourists can enjoy a stroll. Where are you from? Philadelphia. I came from Turkey. I'm from India. I'm from China. I'm from Sydney, Australia. So what do you think of the central square here? It looks very historical, it's very old, it's got a great feel to it. It's very historic, so it's very nice. Very different from America and India. I think it looks very exciting, cosmopolitan. The dam is a good place to start exploring the city. And you can't miss the next spot. The Blumenmarkt is a well-photographed spot on Instagram thanks to its brightly coloured flowers. But does it really look so good in real life? The Floating Flower Market is an Amsterdam institution. It's been on the single canal since 1862. Thanks to the internet, the Blumenmarkt has become a major tourist attraction. And what brought you to the flower market? Uh, on the internet, googling places to see is one of the highlights of it. So we decided to come and have a look at it while we were walking around. So it's been good. Uh, well, to see the tulips. Of course, we're here a little late to see the actual tulips. So we get some seeds, maybe. Um, we have a wonderful new uh, tote. tote bag we're very excited about. And just, you know, see the people and see the, the market. Our impression, however, was that the market's charm has faded a bit, and the salespeople seemed annoyed. We found it a bit disappointing. However, tourists were still visiting in droves. One more tip. If you visit the market in spring, you'll catch tulip season. If you search for Amsterdam on Instagram, you're sure to see incredible photos of the city's canals. The entire old town is crisscrossed by these picturesque waterways. The best way to explore them is by boat. The canals were constructed in the 17th century during the city's golden age with the purposes of facilitating the movement of goods. Today, you can still admire many magnificent gable-front houses built by rich merchants during that period. We took a boat tour that lasts 75 minutes and costs 16 euros. After a detour over the city's modern port, the tour ends in the old town. We think a boat trip is a great and relaxed way to get to know Amsterdam and take great photos. So, what's our conclusion? A boat tour is definitely worthwhile and gives you the chance to take many Instagram-worthy pictures. The same is true of Dam Square, but we weren't quite convinced by the flower market. 
Perhaps it is better to visit in the spring when the tulips are in full bloom. And with that, we wrap up another edition of Euromax. Be sure to follow us on our social media channels for more from the world of lifestyle and culture. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week. of Ghana's western region lies the vibrant and culturally rich township of Takrade. With a history dating back to colonial times, this thriving city has become a melting pot of tradition and modernity. Takrade's strategic locations and its reputation as an oil and gas hub have attracted both local and international businesses. We've seen remarkable growth in industries like shipping, logistics and tourism, which have contributed to the town's economic prosperity. Takrade was a hub of economic activity during the colonial era, facilitating trade between Ghana and the rest of the world. The remnants of that period, such as the old European architecture and the railways, still stands as a testament to our shared history. The oil city proudly preserves its rich cultural heritage, evident in the captivating traditions that have been passed down through generations. From colorful festival to the rhythmic beats of traditional drums, Township celebrates its history with great pride. Now, let's talk about sports and music. We always say the best comes from the West. And as we can see in Ghana, most of the best artists are from Takradi, arguably. The likes of A.B. Crystal, Koda, Castro, Keche. C.K. Man, J. Duble Ambuli, Papi Kojo, Kofi Kenata, and many others are good examples to mention. And for sports, let's rewind. Let's throw the spotlight on Martin Kenata, popularly known as Kofi Kenata. He grew up in Takradi. He started his career as a rapper and released his first single title, Hallelujah, in 2012. The song was the first of many successful singles from the artist. You know what? Let's find out more from the man, Kofi Kenata. Oh, no problem, no problem. Yeah, what's our one chill and no What's our chill and no dada? Well, continue. We'll continue one chill, no problem, no problem. But Mr. Tight quantity, you have a cast eye. Okay, what else? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Kuvikinata. Hello, oh my, oh my good to see you again. Thank you. Good What's to see cooking? you. What's cooking? 
Am I late? What's you are that? not. You are not. By a, by a, a vegetable stew. To add a vegetable sauce and be fish cacao. So you, you cook yourself? Is this what you do when uh, yes. you're not cooking music? Is this, is this a reason why we don't have an album? Oh no, it's not a real glad thing. Like, okay. I'm in Takradi now and you saw my friends, my yeah. team, everybody's yeah. here. So you're cooking for them? Yeah. It's my advantage because I don't like certain stuff in food. I do only fish and vegetables. So okay. if I don't, they might cook something or they might order something that I wouldn't like. So if I want right. to eat and be okay, feel like I'm on holidays, I have to mm. cook myself. Yeah. You put too much onion or Yeah, I like, yeah, because I I like can, onions. I can feel that so do you need help? Of to to work around here. No no or, problem. What can I do? Can I figure out what I want you to do? Well you don't want me to because I can't stand here and do nothing. I'm here. Well, I can do something. I can wash this, but um, I haven't. I haven't been here in a in a while. So just passing by to find out how you're doing. I know that you have a song out, and that song. If you come love. Yeah. I a personal. Yeah, that's that. That's the well. It's. It's actually talking about what you're doing right now. Yeah. Winning book and Osam Osam packaging. I should be the one doing the cooking right now. You were late. Let me find some. Oh, okay, that's the rice. Let mm -hmm. me find something to do. But it's this like your regular day in in um, in the house when you're not like yeah. doing music in the house today. Whatever I order food, sometimes I would say, oh. I want fish, and they will come with like fish. But when I'm eating, I feel like there were certain things aside the fish in the sauce. So to avoid everything, sometimes I cook in the house. But you know, like restaurants, we have fish. Uh, yeah, that's restaurants. Yeah, but so, you said that you order out all the time. Sometimes when you, you order for, especially soups, they will come with soup with dinner fish and everything. But while you are eating, you can feel that, or you, you can taste something like meat or something in it. So, to make sure you are eating fish and fish alone, you oh. cook it yourself. I want a spoon. So, why fish? Is it that you don't like meat? Uh, uh, I'm looking for a spoon. Spoon, what do you want to do? So, so, you know that this. This is the rice also. cooker. So, we're just going to pour the rice, the rice, rice in, it, in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's. Very simple. So, yeah, why, why fish? I don't know, that's what I like. It, it, it didn't start from, because, I mean, as children, we are very excited about the chicken, the goat meat and everything. Is it from your dad or your mom no, I, or the I family like thing? I wouldn't want to explain further. Okay. So, let's you don't keep like it like I eat fish, that's all. Okay. <laughs> if you eat fish, fish, you're not a vegetarian. No, so you're, I'm a, you're just. I'm a pescatarian. That's the word. <laughs> pescatarian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Into into mokofu plane, I'm saying. What will be saying? What do you want? I'm so. I'm a pescatarian. No, I'm gonna for pasta, bro. Like pasta. No, you're lying. Yes. That's 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 not the true story. The Are you sure? Yeah. 
you know, people people say that you're funny and you tell you know funny stories. That's what I'm that. trying to I comport feel, myself. I, I feel I feel like you're just making that one up. No. Tell us about tell, tell us about the regular coffee kinats. Apart from you know the fact that we know that you're you know all over the place making very good music, which uh, I, I I I must say. Tell us about the other side. You're trying to comport yourself, which is not good. I mean, <laughs> I don't want them to say, oh, you are funny, and they will, they will forget about the main thing we are doing. So that they will just laugh and forget about it. But, but this is you. I don't want anybody to laugh. I'm cooking. I'm in Dakarani. I'm cooking. We have a studio set up here. Mm. Willis Beat is here. Elom is here. Two bars is here. Uh. We have our PlayStation 5 over there. Okay. So, so it's just like, uh, we run in our way. We are, we are, I mean, Seeing one or two sound engineers, mm. we are cooking, we are eating, we are working, we are playing, kind of stuff. So how is life generally? So far, so good. Mm. Mm -hmm. Should we start the rice? Yeah. Do you wash your rice before you cook? Very, very. So we have to wash it. I don't have, you don't have like a bigger bowl that I can. I I wanted a bigger bowl. Let me pour it in. Wait, so that, that's all. Yeah. Oh. Hey, no. What yeah. kind of food will be that? Hey, yeah, the no, for the cacao. Okay. Yo, only breakfast and sound, more made in the game with them. You sure? And not all boys, yeah. Yeah. I am a boy. Massy is true. Say I was spare or hardy. Yeah. Oh, that's your. F you know, I was, I was just wondering why, you know, you, you, you're doing that because I know that your favorite is like beans. Yeah, for the camera. Okay, but that's his behind the scene, behind the scene. Yeah, vegetable sauce. You need a name on that. We'll be adding a curry. So, so on a regular, on a regular. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.